Good morning, and welcome back to Living Every Now podcast. My name is Jake. And my name is Will. And uh, we're glad to have you. Today, I wanted to talk about um, the greatest gift you can give yourself. And what's that? I think it's reading. Reading? Yeah. Episode 5, reading. Episode 5, reading. The greatest Um, gift you can give yourself is reading. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think, and that's what I wanted to bring up today. Um, as we as we learn these tools and ideas to make ourselves better or whatever, yeah. um, I want I want to start off by asking you a question. Okay, it's kind of baited because I already know you that you read. Okay, <laughs> you're baiting me. <laughs> yeah, so we both read a lot, right? Yeah. Well, relatively, I, yeah. I wouldn't say we read a lot, but we we try. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to know why. Why do you read? Why do I read? Um. I guess on a certain level, I just enjoy it. That's my my current answer. I didn't used to enjoy reading as much as I do now, but I think as I've gotten older, it's proven itself to be the most valuable form of consumption for me uh, just because of the density of the ideas you can get uh, for the amount of time you spend reading a book. So like, is it just, is it just for you like an alternative? Like you're going to have to consume at some point. And this is like the best alternative you can come up with, or is there, or just, is there a distinct value that reading provides that you would do even if you had no, you had other outlets for consumption? Um, well, I think reading is always going to be one of the most high bandwidth forms of consuming something, mm-hmm. just because you can write ideas clearly, and I guess it's proven itself throughout time to be a, a valuable form of knowledge transmission. I guess right. So. I enjoy reading, but that's not really the main point of me doing it at this point in my life. And the point is? To get better? Yeah. That's what I'm okay. getting at. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, reading, I guess, gives you better ideas. Yeah, I think I think so. And I think like constantly having a stream of um, ideas that it's, you know, it is hard to dissect through all the, like the, the fathomless, like, um, keep on coming of books I for lack of a better term like yeah, the there's fact so that, many books you could possibly read yeah the fact that they're just and there's always new ones and it's really yeah. hard to kind of pick apart like what you should be reading do you think that's like a point of anxiety for people like knowing where to start um well if it is they should just start with something yeah. they, they like <laughs> okay you know just just read stuff you like so that you get in the habit of liking reading yeah um but I want never to, read something you don't like yeah, yeah and, if you're not getting any value out of it stop reading it there's lots of good books i feel like there's so much stigma around reading um honestly because of school because we have to read so much that makes sense but it's almost like anything as soon as you're choosing to do something it's no longer the gripe that it was yeah right like you're in control the pain is a little bit more bearable right like when we you know when you had to run for gym class versus you choose to go on a run now yeah it's way different like it still sucks, but you like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just freedom, I guess. Not yeah. being forced to do something. Oh my gosh, we got to talk about that at some other point. That's such yeah. a yeah, that's a great theme. Um, but I, you know, because of that stigma, I think a lot of people miss out on the gift of reading. And for me, reading has done so much, and I wouldn't be near the man I am today or the man I will be in the future without many of the ideas that I've found in books. Was there a time in your life where you weren't into books? There, I, you know, I always read as a kid. 
Um, but there's definitely, it definitely has ebbed and flowed for me to where like I've been in complete drought periods where like in college, I didn't read much. Um, yeah. but, but towards my junior and senior year, I started reading a lot more. Um, yeah, high school, I read a little less sometimes middle school. I didn't read that much, but like, I really enjoyed books in elementary school. I really read like all the Harry Potters yeah. and Twilight's. You can roast me later. <laughs> but, um, I, I just, you know, I want to, I wanted to have this episode to impress upon the idea of how valuable reading has been for me. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it can be for somebody else. And hopefully this is like the, the prod for somebody to pick up a book that they're interested in and build momentum towards reading some more complex ideas and open their mind to things. The, the value of reading for me has been the fact that no matter where I'm at in the world, or, or what I know to be true, reading is almost like an injection of bias that can, can kind of take away or at least pick, like, pick me up and put, point me in another direction for the things that I believe. Like growing up in a certain area of the world, you can, you can read something from a completely different part of the world that can really throw you in a different course. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so powerful because you know, it's much like the people you surround yourself with, the books you surround yourself with have a lot of impact on you. Yeah. And, um, I, I, and I bring all this up too, because I read this statistic that more than a quarter, 26% of American adults admit to not having read even part of a book within the past year from Pew Research Center. And that was in 2018. Okay. And I just think that that's, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Like I can't imagine, I can't imagine that. And, and I think it's hard, like we need to put, do some work to put ourselves in the shoes of these people. Yeah. Um, but I felt like this episode, you know, at first I was like, mm, people are going to understand this. Like, this is, this is not something we should even broach, Yeah. but it feels important. It definitely is important. So yeah. I'm going to turn your own question back on you and ask, is there something specific about the medium of reading that you think is different from watching documentaries or something? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, there's besides, um, the literal benefits to your brain, that I'll get into in a minute. Okay. Um, you know, I kind of feel better reading than do, looking at a screen almost always. Yeah. And even we've had this discussion like e-readers versus books. You yeah. know, I'm like a super big book guy. Like I love yeah, you having like paper. Yeah, I love having paper. And the point of that for me is stimulation. And I know that those things are like not supposed to stimulate you as much or something like that. Like your eyes literally, oh, yeah. like they're literally like have no blue light or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot easier for you to focus, but, um, reading helps me focus a lot. And I love the fact that there's zero, like if I'm picking up a book, I have to make this committed strategy that doesn't look like my phone or anything like anything that could distract me to focus and get through these pages and like flip. And like every time I flip, it's like progress. It's like little dopamine. Do you notice that when, once you start reading, you enjoy it, but just the act of getting it up to your eyes and starting is the hard part. Cause that's true for me for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, like the hump to start. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, activation like, energy. Yeah. Or flinch. Is it, okay. is yeah, it a similar, yeah. similar idea? Yeah. Just, just like the work to get started is always the hardest part. Mm-hmm. It's like writing too. Like if you just sit down and type one word, you can write 10,000, but sitting down to write one word is the hard part. And I feel like that can be oftentimes with reading, but building habits around reading is really important mm-hmm. for continuing to read. Like um, the Atomic Habits Principle is how I actually got back into reading um, in the last like two years, like more aggressively reading like a lot. Yeah. And 
if, if for those of you that don't know, it's just building momentum. It's, it's saying, I'm not going to read. Uh, I don't have a specific goal in mind. The only goal I have in mind is to read. And so every day you can read one page mm-hmm. or two pages. And after a while you start building momentum to where the point is no longer, it's hard to start, but you want to try and you know, keep reaching and testing that momentum and see how far you can take it. But it's up to you. And I, I really love that because it helped me get back into a good habit of reading. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, dude, I just, I get so much from reading. Um, and I just, I hope that somebody else can get a lot from reading. So I want to just cover like a couple facts okay. that were kind of crazy when I read them. So I think this one's pretty obvious, but reading fiction can help you be more open-minded and creative. For a long, I think that makes sense. Yeah, for a long time, I read only nonfiction, and it was like I'm wasting my time with fiction, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not learning anything when I read fiction. Yeah, you know. And I was just like a staunch, like what the hell? Why was? <laughs> why did I think? <laughs> I that? think that's kind of understandable if your goal is just to learn facts. And for re- initially, at least, like when I started taking a more aggressive attitude towards reading, mm-hmm. it was because I wanted. I was so thirsty to learn. Like I was so, I wanted more and more knowledge and okay. that's really what drove me to read like the books I've read. Um, but University of Toronto study participants who read short story fiction experienced far less need for cognitive closure compared with counterparts who read nonfiction essays. So just given um, only reading fiction and only reading nonfiction, I think there you should have a balance personally. Yeah. But um, the people that read fiction are like, more emotionally intelligent is what they were saying. Okay. And their in their study from uh, 2012. This one's crazy. People who read books live longer. Oh, you were telling me that. Yeah. yeah. So Yale researchers who studied 3,635 people older than 50 and found that those who read books for 30 minutes daily lived an average of 23 months longer than non-readers or magazine readers. Apparently, the practice of reading books creates cognitive engagement that improves lots of things, including vocabulary, thinking skills, and concentration. It also can affect empathy, social perception, and emotional intelligence, the sum of which helps people stay on the planet longer. So it basically gives you survival skills, and that's why people like net longer lives. But that's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're you're making a pretty strong argument. You're going to live longer. You'll be smarter. Yeah. Why do people still not do it? Yeah. It seems so obvious. Yeah, and then successful people are readers. Um, it's because high achievers are keen on self-improvement. Yeah. So they're constantly trying to learn things. And, and that was another motivating factor for myself, uh, trying to learn to want to read was I just yeah. noticed that, you know, all these people that I admired read so heavily and, you know, the read, well, uh, read, well-read people were making a certain kind of impact on the world. Yeah. And it's because they constantly have new ideas in their brains, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Do you think you can gain a lot of experience from reading people's experience or do you think there's some things you kind of have to learn in real life? So this is really tricky. I think, I think that you can get really key things like self-belief from reading somebody else's success story or something like that. Okay. To where like, if I read a story about whomever who came from this place and ended up in this place, it now opens my eyes to the opportunity that maybe I in a similar place as the other can now achieve what they have done or similarly. Yeah, it gives you hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's um, there's also a lot to be said for practice and experiencing it in the real world. Yeah. And as much as uh, opening yourself up to ideas is important, the practice of those ideas is also probably more important. Yeah. But you can't you can't get 
to the practice without knowing the idea. Okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, so reading to me very much is is an introduction to practice. Okay. Do you think you can overdo it with reading? Hmm. Like, is being a bookworm ever a bad thing? Because I think I, I was reading about I was reading <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about how um, back in like Socrates' day, people I guess, I think it's like a myth or whatever, but they went to the king and said like this new invention called writing is going to destroy the minds of our people because they're not going to be able to remember things because they're not going to practice their memory. They can just write it down and read it later. So, you know, the same thing happens with like TV and radio or whatever, like this new technology is going to ruin our kid's life or whatever. But just like you can definitely go too far with watching TV. Mm-hmm. Can you go too far with reading books? I think anything in an extreme sense can be bad. Yeah, of course. Um, there's few things when practice like to the ninth degree can be good. Yeah. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I'm just allowing room for yeah. like failure here. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think you can take it too far. I think you could, uh, become a gluttonous reader. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so with that being said, you know, there's, I think I have some more facts like reading reduces stress, reading improves memory, reading improves vocab, reading improves focus and concentration just in general. I heard that reading is one of the only things we can do to actually like grow synapses in our brain as we age, um, which is pretty interesting. Like the visual stimuli of reading a book. Yeah. Um, Pretty cool. I don't. Okay. Do you think there's a difference between reading a book and reading Twitter? Like, do you yes. get the same brain benefits oh, yeah, no, there? No, 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 no way. Explain there's, on that. There's no way. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I said that so confidently. Um, I don't know. I think you're definitely right, though. I think Exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. So we're both in this place where like, yeah, no, duh. Um, but why? I don't, I can't really, I can't really book, yeah. like, vocalize. Yeah, because it's not about like the literal, literally reading words. It's about like the story going into your brain. Exactly. Like, the it's emotions a, behind the literature or whatever. and processing both fiction and nonfiction, yeah. what your brain's doing, your thinking while you're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you what you think of your own reading skills. Like, do you think you're good at reading? Ooh, do, good at reading. Like I know how to read, um, but I'm by no means a fast reader. Like I've taken online speed reading tests and I'm, I'm not like right above average significantly or anything. Right. I feel like the, I don't mean public perception, but I feel like the f- perception of my friends and family often that aren't you is like, mm-hmm. Jake, you read so fast or Jake, you're such a good reader. And I don't feel that way at all. Like, I feel like I just slowly turn the pages, man. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get through the book. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's funny that like, I feel like that might be a barrier to entry too, is that they, f- people feel like they need to be such a great reader yeah. to read. Have you ever gotten into like speed reading or anything? I tried for a minute. Um, Tim Ferriss was big on like, like don't waste your time too much reading. But yeah. I, you know, reading is multiple things for me. And, and part of it is cathartic in that it is slow. And I do get to spend time with simple ideas and digest them one at a time. And yeah. um, I think especially on harder books, I, I genuinely make an active effort to read slower so that I can understand, like comprehension to me is way, f- way more important than me uh, getting through the book. Yeah. Even though it feels good to get through the book. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you make yourself get through every single book? Um, 
That's a great question because that's important. Um, I think books are resources and you should use them as such. And so if you're not getting any more fulfillment out of it, you know, flip through the chapters, figure out what you need and what you don't. Um, I think it's okay to put it down. Yeah. I try not to. Do you genuinely, when you're reading nonfiction, at least do you go through like the table of contents before and like pick out the parts you just want to learn about? Um, I, I do that practice, but I usually end up reading the whole book. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. you know, like I, I try to be like, yeah, I just need these parts, but also I don't know. I'm picking up, I'm buying this book for a reason. Like I want, I want to figure out what's going on here. And if I can get the full scope of what the author is putting down, I think that I uh, come away understanding better, even if I just was using the book for reference. Now, some books are intentionally built to be used as reference and they should be used in that way. And they're very clear. Like the, speak of Tim Ferriss, a four hour body, like there's chapters in there that don't run into one another. (laughs) Yeah. There's some chapters in there. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Anyway. um, um, Yeah. Not everybody's going to buy that book now because they're curious. (laughs) Um, funny. But yeah, so so that book, for example, could be like indexed and you could put table, like you could put markers in the book and then you could figure out like when I run into this situation, I reference this section. Mm-hmm. And you could do that with really any book. I just think some books are more utilitarian and meant to be for that use. Whereas, whereas some books, other books, like that are still useful are written to also keep you entertained. Yeah. So that's a hard balance. Yeah, it depends on the book. That's a hard balance. Um, with all that being said, I'm sure there's some impactful books in your life. Yeah. That um, you could bring up. I'm I'm struggling to think of all the books off the top of my head, but if you can think of a few, I'd love to hear. So books I just recommend to people. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I there's a lot. Um. But if I had to recommend just a few. When Breath Becomes Air is probably my favorite book of all time. It's about a brain surgeon who, I won't spoil the story, but it's it's very emotional and it's a, it's a good book. Makes you think. Um, the Meaning of Human Existence by Edward Wilson is also, it was mind opening for me at least at the time I read okay. it. So I, I don't know if it's for everybody, but yeah, that book kind of like shattered my world for a little bit. And I think that's easy to kind of happen when you're you, when you're 18 and you read like some of these big ideas for the first time. Totally. And as you get older, I guess less and less ideas are completely like overturning my worldview or something. But that book, I would highly recommend it to anyone. For fiction, I would say 100 Years of Solitude is probably my favorite fiction book. Okay. Um, but it's kind of hard to get through. Uh, so if you want something more... Who's that by? Mm, Garcia is his last name. I don't remember his first okay. name. Okay. Um, Brave New World is pretty great. That one's a hit. Yeah. What about you? Um, so I love that because I've only read one of them of your list. And I think you hit on a really important note that um, books can be different for everyone. So the book that was world shattering to you, I, yeah. might, I may be like, what the, f- <laughs> like, this yeah. is, this it's, is so lame. It's going to be boring to most people. Right. And and that's okay. But it's important to keep an influx of information in your face, in my opinion, because like I live my life hoping my opinion changes. I hope that people run and come in my life to tell me that my opinions are wrong because, you know, I'm growing mm-hmm. at that point. Um, But yeah, like rework, I think of often 
as one of the books that was world shattering for me. And I think nine out of 10 people or probably 9.5 out of 10 people would pick up that book and be like, why was this world shattering for you? But it's all about place and time and when I read it and what it meant for me. Um, So I, you know, I really recommend um, a nonfiction I really recommend that book you just got me, Will and Ariel Durant's um, The Lessons of History. I think that's, that's one of the best books of all time. It's dry though. So be, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't think you should start with that. Um, I really recommend the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, uh, I recommend The Jazz of Physics. I think The Jazz of oh, Physics yeah. was a really fun read, okay. but Will fucking hated it. So, it's and not that, that I hated it. I just couldn't get into it. It just wasn't for him. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm a music nerd and it has a lot of math in there too. So that's fun. Um, I highly recommend um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. I found that book to be pivotal for me. Um, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. I really like one. I really like that one as well. Um, and then as far as fiction... I think everyone in their mother should read um, The Alchemist. I think it's really like simple motif, but like powerful mm-hmm. motif. Um, I'm thinking Old Man in the Sea was really impactful for me. I don't know if you've ever read that. I've never read it. I've just heard people Ernest think Hemingway. it's boring. It's, it's kind of boring. <laughs> I don't know anything about but it. But it's though. high-key beautiful. And yeah. all, the, all the things talked about in there are just like – it's painful. It's mm-hmm. it's life. Like what he's saying is life. It's really, really impactful for me. And then like more contemporary, um, totally recommend Ready Player One. That was a really good read and I'm excited to read Ready Player Two. But yeah, man, books, I mean, look how fortunate we are. We have so many books in here just in this room and I feel like that's wealth. Like I feel like it's wealth to have a possession of knowledge that's unique to me and that I can reference all the time. And like every time I get a new book, like – um. Somebody said a long time ago, like as far as like financial advisor type style, don't spend your money on rust, rot, and depreciate items. So don't spend your money on um, items that either rust or rot okay. or depreciate. But I feel like when once I heard that, I was like, okay, cool. So I need to spend money on myself. I need mm-hmm. to invest in myself and my ideas is usually what that means. Yeah. Um, and then I need to make sure that like – for me, music was such a big passion that anytime I spent money on music, like even CDs, I was like, it was like, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, It's something I do. I, I, I invest in music. Mm-hmm. Books are the other thing. So books and music are things that I would never bat it and I to spend money on versus clothing. Like clothing is like stuff that is on the least priority list mm-hmm. for things I should spend money on. But yeah, man, books have changed my life on so many levels, and I just wanted to bring that up. Do you think there's value in having a lot of books around that you haven't read, just so that like at any moment you could pick up a new book and learn a new idea? I do. Yeah. I do personally, and I think that I'm a little. I'm probably on the more gluttonous side of book consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, not in my reading, but in my buying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I I love buying books, yeah. and and I, we talked about this too. Is like we almost love buying books more than we love reading books. <laughs> um, I like the idea of reading. Yeah, we like the idea of having books around, right? Like uh-huh. we feel cool. We're signaling to other people <laughs> that hey, we read. You know, <laughs> oh, I read a lot. <laughs> um, which is cool. Like whatever, get through your own problems. Mm-hmm. But but the point is, is like having having books and ideas from people and especially for me ideas that I don't necessarily agree with 
having yeah. opinions of those people around me is important to my development. Yeah. Like Free Will by Sam Harris was a shock. I hadn't heard anything like that before. <laughs> and I feel like I'm better because I read it. Yeah. Because I I I was completely introduced to a new idea. Yeah. And I it's hard to find books like that these days. Yeah. Well, when I was younger, I definitely was more into like self-help books than I am now. Totally. But as I think I've gotten a little older, not by that much, but I feel more of a need to go to like primary sources, like instead of reading like Sam Harris's take on like the contemporary philosophies, I want to like read the actual philosophers themselves and like understand the like more fundamental level stuff. Yeah. I think that's a big theme in both of our lives. Um, for sure. Like trying to like, you know, read stuff that interests you first as you, as you delve deeper and deeper, the real value is in first principles, I think. Um, but then once you've read first principles, or understood the you know the primary source of where things are coming from, where ideas are originating. Then going back and reading the super specific nuanced version of those ideas mm. might provide light to those ideas in a different way that you never thought before. Yeah. So that's when they become really valuable. But when you sit there and read Ryan Holiday without reading Marcus Aurelius, it's a little bit different, right? Like you don't have the same impact mm-hmm. that Ryan Holiday thinks he's having, you know. Yeah, I think he's just trying to like introduce you, and that's valuable in itself. But it's not the same as reading the original. Right. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on that kick right now, where I'm, I'm about to start a bunch of old philosophy books. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever reread books? Reread books. Yeah. So I reread books um, when I feel like I need to. Yeah. And that's that's my own. That's like my heuristic for it. That's it. Okay. What about you? Mm, I probably don't reread books as much as I should. I, I think. We all know there's probably like maybe a hundred important books that if you just read and read those hundred books over and over again, you'd probably get more out of reading than if you like skipped around books and books and books. Like 80-20? Yeah. So I think that there's actually a lot of value in in rereading books because it's so hard to get everything out of a book the first time you read it. Totally. Yeah. And I highly recommend too um, reading with a pencil or a pen and not being like... Like being your librarian's worst nightmare and and fucking up your book. Like write all your ideas out in the book, interact with the text. And I think it makes for a more, like you understand ideas better. And this is something I do less now, but was super into in college. Um, And was really like when I was wrapping my head around these bigger ideas that I'd never been introduced before, there was a lot of thoughts I was having and a lot of notes in the margins. So yeah, talk to me about your process for remembering what you read. So right now it's, it's much less about like, I feel like this is probably bad, but I'm not on some second brain, um, whatever his face is, what's his face? Oh, Tiago Forte. Tiago Forte. Yeah. I'm not on some second brain energy. I'm just trying to read as much as possible and keep what sticks. So, and, and I feel like there's a natural process there that the things that are applicable and I can find in my life. Um, and are readily uh, used, I think stay around with me because I'm using them a lot. Yeah. So I think there's a kind of a natural selection of ideas happening right there that I read diligently, I read intentionally, and the best ideas stay with me. So I read in a way that I'm comprehending really well, like because I, I, t- I take such yeah. time. Is that a Tim Ferrissism, like the good stuff sticks? I don't know, actually. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I felt like it was a Jacobism, but... 
you, Tim, Tim can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I heard, I heard Timmy say something about it. Okay. Damn. <laughs> no idea is original. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I, that's all I have. I hope that, I hope that you can pick up a book. If you haven't yeah. already, pick up a book. Simple lesson. Easy. Yeah, I, just start reading something that you enjoy or, or are interested in, and hopefully you can um, build some momentum to keep reading. Because you know, and we didn't get to like you as much about this with like how much it's really impacted you, but reading has made the the biggest single impact on me. Probably like that habit has made more impact on me than anything else I can think of. Yeah. As far as habits I picked up. Yeah, and it's crazy how much you can actually read in a year. Like if you read like, you know, maybe one book a week or one book every two weeks, that's like 30 books a year, which is like 30 books. If you read the 30 most important books in one year, yeah. you finish and you're 24 years old, like, I mean, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, you're set up. But, and like think about it, like books are like physical manifestations of the world's greatest thinkers. Yeah, you're having a conversation with the greatest thinkers. Exactly, of all time. or greatest role models, or whomever mm, you know. The greatest stories. One of one of my favorite books at the time. I'm not a huge Tim Tebow like acolyte anymore, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, but at the time, Tim, I was playing football, and Tim Tebow was a super big role model to me. And his book is probably written on like a fifth grade level, but and it's literally just his story of his life. But I found it so impactful at the time. And I think that mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Like read a book about fucking horses. If you like, <laughs> no, not like having sex with horses, but like horses. I said fucking horses. Oh, I I'm didn't sorry. catch that. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that yeah. what you were advising. <laughs> don't, don't read I really appreciate don't read books about that. I really appreciate that. But yeah. like, yeah, if, if, if that's your forte, you know, read about grass, read about botany, read about. Yeah. Read about grass. Dude, whatever. Like just pick something up that you, you are curious about in the bookstore and start reading. Yeah, and probably the best thing you can do with your time if you have free time. Mm-hmm. The greatest gift you can give yourself. Look at that. Look at that. Full All circle. Right. All right. Are we done? I think so. Find us on Twitter at Living Every Now. Instagram, same thing. Mm-hmm. We have a Discord channel. Come pop in. Say what's up. Yeah, we'll invite you personally and talk to you. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and then also, if you have the opportunity, rate us on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, yeah, or, or do whatever, or whatever podcast player that you have let us know what you think we, we're always looking for feedback and we're trying to get better so appreciate you and thanks for li- listening thanks for doing this with me Jake you too brother alright peace yeah.